The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. One thing I wanted to talk about, and it's actually a topic I don't really like to talk about, because it's very deterministic. And what I don't like about deterministic is that you feel like it really gives you the tendency to label things. Although, on the other hand, if you think, you know, something is deterministic and there's nothing you can do about it, then basically you stop trying to figure it out. And I wonder when children don't get a certain proper education when they grow up and when they reach the age of 10, 11, they are, for example, unable to learn how to speak. So their brain is literally unable to do so. It's incapable. And I'm wondering to which extent this also translates to awareness. Because what I experience is certain cultures have a much stronger validation-seeking mindset central in their growing up. And I wonder to which extent these kind of cultures, most people are unable to reach the awareness of just seeing these things from a third perspective and actually, you know, like have their drive come more from their core self because the core self has basically been completely unnurtured as they grew up because everything that has guided and been dominant in their growing up and education is impressing and validating And then maybe as a result, you're just unable to go out of it. I don't know to which extent that is the case. Although I have to say that if I look at the environment and I look at all the applications I get, it's really crazy to see just by reading the application, I know what culture and I know exactly what is wrong. And it's really like validation seeking mindset through the roof. There's almost nothing I can do about it. And um, I wonder to which extent it is just as you grow up when there is no certain nurturing in certain areas, it's just much harder for the brain to reach certain awarenesses. I don't know to which extent this is the case or not. And I don't like to think like that, but it's something that I do explore because I'm aware that depending on culture, even back in the days, like there's actually cultures that don't know what time is. There's also cultures that don't know what lying is. So like if you would tell a lie, they wouldn't understand the concept of a lie. And it would just not exist to them. And they are unable to do so. Like, of course, you can still wonder to which extent they can learn it. But I'm just saying, like, when it comes down to awareness and when it comes down to developing a certain ability to be more aware, maybe you need a certain nurture in order to get there. And if you haven't had that in the first big part of your life, then maybe you're just missing out. On top of that, add psychedelics or whatever, then maybe you're in a situation where the brain is just incapable of getting to certain insights. And if that is the case, then I'm wasting my time, basically, to uh, target that audience. Is it the case or not? I don't know. But I just thought about it and I'm just bringing it up because I do think it's important to be aware of. I know the older people get, the harder it is to, you know, adopt certain awarenesses. But I wonder if that also applies to people that are in the best ages, if they have gone through a certain life. It's very dangerous to think like that, though, because then you can very easily label yourself and say, like, yeah, I can't do anything about it. Therefore, you know, I'm just staying who I am. But it is something at the same time I have to be aware of, because if if there is a certain reality to it, then you have to better accept it than try and overcome it. The other thing I wanted to talk about, because I have now pointers, by the way, is 
I just want to say how crazy I find it that facts and reality do not override beliefs in people. It's something I have a really hard time wrapping my head around. And maybe it's an easier way for people to grasp making sense. Basically making sense, I always say it's aligning your beliefs with reality. But basically it's just like if you see a fact, if you see a wall, you go like, yeah, there's a wall there. And if I had a belief that there is no wall there, then that belief is inaccurate and I replaced it with the wall being there and it's that simple. For me, it's that simple. Makes a lot of sense, right? You want to jump from a window, you go like, yeah, if I fall on my face, I'm going to break my face. It's really like very easy to wrap your head around. But the problem is a lot of people, most people are just, their actions are subconscious, well, everybody actually are subconsciously dictated. And if your emotions say something else, even if reality says otherwise, you don't want to see it. You see that in religion, you see that in so many things. But don't you find that crazy, if you think about it, that facts and reality cannot override beliefs, your beliefs. So maybe for people that, you know, have a harder time to grasp making sense, maybe just the realization that it's absolutely insanity, that it's psycho to not override your beliefs when reality proves you otherwise. Maybe that helps. I don't know, though. It is something I've been thinking about because for me, it's really that simple. I go through life. Reality shows me one thing. I just override it. It's that simple. I don't try to argue with it. I don't try to. But I find it fascinating And the reason why I'm bringing it up is just it shows so hard how subconsciousness is in charge. Like if reality, if facts cannot override your beliefs, then obviously your conscious part of the brain has a lot less control than you think. Now I'm going to talk about one of the more important topics I wanted to talk about, and that is selflessness. Selflessness is a very advanced concept, but it's an awareness once you achieve it that can set free all your problems. Because all the problems that are connected based on your selfishness are instantly gone when you become selfless. Because these problems don't matter. And the way it works is your subconsciousness basically channels all these emotions of safety, survival, all that shit through the sense of identity you have. And if that sense of identity is inaccurate, then basically all this channeling is happening in an inaccurate way. That's why if you channel from a more accurate perspective that you're more able to cope with these emotions and sort them out. I've already said it before and I'm saying it again. Selfishness, the true selfish nature of yourself is selfless. The true nature of your selfishness is selfless. And what I mean with that is if you fully understand the self, then as a result, you understand that the self is selfless because there is nothing external Everything takes place in your consciousness, other people, your environment, everything is part of what you are, it's part of the self. And realizing that makes you able to detach from this narrow-minded way of looking at the self in a selfish manner, as how people understand it. It's a really, really important insight. Although I know it's very hard to grasp, it's very hard to wrap your head around it. Because you can wonder like, hmm, like you can think about it, you can break your head about it, but it's an awareness thing. It's not so much something you think about. It's more awareness things. You experience that you're selfless. And as a result, the moment you do, it doesn't require any effort. It just automatically flows out of your actions. And I want to say that the reason why people have this misguided, dysfunctional idea of the self is a lot because of individualism and society and the way it works. We literally learned to believe we are Iron Man or we're Superman. We have a dysfunctional belief of an identity that we think that is what we are, while it is not what we are. 
So basically, and I've said it already before, and I'm saying it again, like when you see a crazy person, right, in your worldview, you see a guy like really going around, running around in the street with a cape, thinking like, yeah, I'm Superman, I can fly. You look at that, you go like, this guy is crazy. The thing is like, all of you guys are as crazy in a different way. You guys believe in another story, in another idea of the self. He thinks he's Superman. You think you are that idea of story, identity, and all that shit. You think that's you, but that's not you at all. You are a collective. You are everything that takes place in your consciousness. You can't just like imagine it law and say, this is me and the rest is the rest. No, you are your surroundings as well. And if you're aware of that, you become more aware of how important it is to be in a right environment. But you also understand that benefiting the self requires benefiting the collective. And that's how we managed to survive and evolve to the point where we are now. If it wasn't for that, we would not exist. You owe your existence because of this collective awareness. But since biology and instincts hasn't given us the ability to understand ourselves, we're literally in the gap between truly understanding ourselves and actually still being held back by not really understanding ourselves as we've just evolved from very primitive to more intelligent beings. And that's why the exponential growth with technology has gone up like crazy because of this understanding uh, of the self. That's why understanding in neuroscience has also caused a lot of growth in me understanding how people work. I also want to say, like, the moment you become selfless, self-development is differently experienced. And I, I'm just giving you guys a little bit my own experience about it. And it's important to understand that truly listening and in being able to really project in what I say can help you quite a lot because I'm talking about these concepts that are quite hard to wrap your head around But if you really try to listen through my world where I really feel like when I wake up, I just think, what can I do to move forward as a collective? I don't really experience a self. I don't experience like, oh, I want to do this for myself or that myself. I don't really have needs. I only feel like giving. Basically, what I care most about is the growth of people because their growth of the, the group here is also my growth. That's really how I experience it. And self-development, like in a sense, I'm doing self-development, but myself is everyone. I really try to scale everybody up. And I do think it's a very important insight because a lot of people sometimes when they think about self-development, they can get caught up in growing themselves and be focused on that. But that can actually be limiting. Self-development is not just about you. It's about the collective. Of course, it's much harder if you're in an environment that really sucks. But if you're in this kind of environment, I'm talking about in this environment, it's a really nice mindset to have. Because, of course, when you're outside the world, you always have to protect yourself in one way or another. Because else, you know, it's just impossible to fully implement when your environment is shitty. But either way, the reason why I'm explaining all these things is because what I realize is if you're more selfless and you have that awareness of selfless, a lot of your issues get sorted out. And you go from a taking mindset more to a giving mindset from a more limited mindset to a more unlimited mindset. And growth is automatically put in a bigger context, not just personal growth, but it's more like growth like a collective. And you also automatically are more easy to start putting your own issues into context. And as a result, they just dissolve. So selflessness can help you a lot to start making sense your core value. And that's why I talk so much about selflessness. There is something that I, because some people might think like, yeah, but how would you go about being selfless? And what is being selfish? The thing is, if you're selfish, you can't trust yourself. And you might wonder, but that's not true. Like, I really trust myself. Well, the best thought experiment I can give you is, would you trust a clone if he wouldn't know that he's a clone and if he would look different than you, but his thoughts and everything else is the same? So you wouldn't know from each other that you're a clone. Would you trust that person? 
And if you're very selfish, you won't. You go like, are you crazy? Even people, some people will go as far as saying, I wouldn't even trust my clone. And the thing is, if you can't even trust your own clone, then you can't trust yourself. It's that simple. And as a result, when you project and you look at other people, you will automatically be more jealous, automatically be more cautious, automatically be distrustful. And these are the dynamics for a big part that define what kind of a person you are. You know, you see in others what you see in yourself. You see the world through their eyes at first, but then you develop an ability to see it through your own eyes that has been established by other people. It's actually two sides of the same coin. And if you are very, you know, selfish, you cannot trust. You cannot trust yourself. You cannot trust others. And your actions are not sincere. You don't have true intentions. Your intentions are selfish, are malicious. And that's the thing. That's why you don't trust. If your intentions are selfish, you won't trust. And you will start questioning other people and such. But the power of being selfless is that all your actions become true, become pure. And as a result, oh, if, yeah. if, if your actions become more pure, you don't experience dissonance or guilt. You just know, like, I did the right thing at any given moment and I don't have to feel bad about it. And honestly, I really think I got very lucky in my selflessness because my mother was a very giving person. My mother has really teached me to be selfless in her actions, but that's because she cared about her children. She really cared a lot about her children. I wouldn't say she's purely selfless. She's a quite nice person, but I really learned how to become selfless as I grew up very young age. And that's why I always wanted to improve the world because I had that connection, because I understood it. I wasn't really pushed into a corner and had to create that shield, that shell, that empty shell to protect that core from being hurt. And as a result, I could really open and grow and really become more in contact with what I am and in touch with what I am. So selflessness is a very important component because it allows you to bring about true intentions and trust yourself and as a result, trust others. And it's really a very, very powerful awareness that brings about hope, positivity and growth. Does that mean that you just go around and should start trusting everybody? Of course not. But you will start treating people based on their true potential rather than through your limited lens of labeling people a certain way. It's going to make you less jealous. It's going to make you more accepting, more forgiving. There is so many benefits to it. It's insane. But I do understand if you're in an environment that is very dangerous and very, you know, survival oriented, that you're more easy to fall back into that shell of protectivity. But I can tell you we live in a time where you don't need to do so. We live in a time where you can literally open up and grow and really help the world move forward and help humanity move forward. So you might go like, yeah, but how do I go about becoming selfless? And I talk to the girls about it. And what they actually do is, and, and it's really interesting. I don't know if it's going to help you guys, but I'm just going to repeat. Like, basically, they try to localize the emotion of selflessness. What is selflessness about? What is the emotion that is brought about when you think about selflessness? What are the fears? And they meditate on it. And basically, when I talked to Tanya, I said, it's important to be able to trust me. I mean, like, if you don't trust me, then, of course, what I say and such, you will see it through a malicious lens and it won't really be fully absorbed. And I do think, like, trusting can really help. And you might say, like, okay, how do I trust people? How would I trust you, for example? And honestly, I wouldn't know how to go about it. Although, when I talked to the girls, they said something very interesting. The way you can trust someone is by already forgiving what they would do if they would backstab you. So you basically forgive them up front already. And that way, when you trust someone, even if it doesn't go well, you don't get stabbed or punched in the face. You don't have that fear because you already dealt with the fear before it even happened. And honestly, when I translate that to me, 
it's not so much for me a forgiving feeling or an emotion. When I trust someone, I just see it very statistical. If it doesn't work out, it's still plus EV because overall trusting has allowed me to be where I am today. But on top of that, without trust, if I can't trust anyone, that would mean that I have to really almost think that I'm the only person that I can trust. And that is really an idea that I don't want to have. Like my own growth and my own worldview is worth nothing if I cannot share it, if I cannot spread it. And that's also something I was earlier talking to Ricardo about. If I could choose about having the power to have an insight or have the power to lose this insight but spread it, I wouldn't even mind becoming a plant and just spread all the insights I have. Because that's how it really truly lives on. Like if it just stays caught up in me, then it's worthless. That's why when I have an insight and I cannot communicate it, it literally means nothing to me. Even if it would help me a lot, it doesn't really gravitate at all because I cannot spread it. And that's why when I talk about selflessness or making sense or whatever, my goal is to try and figure out a way to communicate it because else it's just trapped in me and it's basically worthless. So that is why I always try to figure out these ways to communicate these insights. But I also have become more and more aware that it's also about you guys, about the listener, to really put effort and will to understand these insights and really listen to the podcast several times or you know re-listen, rethink about it because that's what has caused some people here to, you know, sometimes click some things they have watched like several times and then suddenly just clicks with them. So I do think it also, there's a two way. Of course, I also try to always, you know, make sure that I'm communicating as good as possible. So yeah, like basically being selfless is a very important thing. And if you have issues with trust, then being able to forgive before even the person breaking your trust can allow you to trust with peace of mind because that's something you can meditate on. It's hard to meditate on trust. It's easy to meditate on forgiving, on accepting, just a level of acceptance. And what is acceptance? What is forgiving? Forgiving and acceptance is letting go. What is letting go? When you then go back to neuroscience, it's like you have the thought, you have the emotion, you basically accept the emotion, you let it go and therefore it dissolves. So it always goes back. All these concepts that I'm talking about goes back to the neuroscience of things. It's really like you go from trust to being able to forgive and accept to being able to just let go the emotion on a neuroscientific level. So yeah, like everything comes back to neuroscience, of course. But it's just what I started realizing is just explaining these things from an angle of neuroscience doesn't make it click with people. So I have to find all these different ways. Even selflessness is in God is in the neurons, is in real answers. Selflessness is literally written in there, but because it's not that well explained in human emotional language, and it's just there as data information, it doesn't really click with people. And that's why I say like, listening to real answers, so much knowledge is in there. So much knowledge. But yeah, like I'm just talking about it because selflessness, I do really think it's a very important thing can help people a lot. And I would really love to see some nice feedback of people to which extent they are managing to become more selfless and how it impacts their life. Because the moment you become more and more selfless, you literally dissolve all your personal selfish issues and put them in context and, uh, you know, start really becoming a contribution to what you are, become more in line with what you are and connect with what you are because truly listening and I also said that already yesterday I think truly listening is just removing this wall between you and the other person because in a sense you are the same entity you are the same unit and when I say that I don't mean in a spiritual way it's literally when you talk to someone you truly listen his awareness just merges with yours in a sense because it manifests itself in your consciousness through neural activity and understanding And as a result, it becomes what you are all the time. Everything around you is 
part of what you are. I keep repeating that over and over again. Like when you understand someone, it's not because you understand someone else, but it's because the understanding is taking place within your consciousness. It's part of the self. It's basically the self learning more and more and growing and the self-understanding itself and the essence understanding itself and the essence is not your identity it's not your inner child it is all the activity that requires for your experience to emerge and the moment you fully grasp that you become pure truly selfless your intentions become pure you become so much more of a, a giving person so much more of a beacon of light in a sense people come flock around you they want to be around you like you become more successful at anything if you apply also making sense on top of that to give this selflessness a strong direction so you have these core insights that really allow you to be such a more capable person to really you know not just capable for this limited self but more as part of this bigger organism that we all are part of i wonder if this helps i wanted to talk about this i wanted to really talk about this again I might talk more about it. I wonder if this helps and if this clicks to people, if people understand it or if this is just way too far. It's about an awareness that brings about all actions. It's not an effort. The moment you have to put effort, you don't get it. It's about an awareness and awareness brings about action automatically. Ketchup says, uh, is there a difference between selflessness and letting go of the ego, not the same concepts? No, like letting go of the ego doesn't mean you become selfless. Letting go of the ego just means you just have less of a story, but you can still do quite a lot of selfish stuff. So I wouldn't say selflessness and letting go of the ego is the same thing, although letting go of the ego allows you more easily to become selfless. Also, when it comes down to ego, and this is just a theory, I don't know if this is true, but I do think what ego is, is basically, it's about active ego. And active ego is just like this primitive instinct of really creating a wall, right? You just create a wall to protect yourself, like an animal that is growling or whatever, a lion that is growling to protect itself. Basically, as we grew, that growling, that instinctive mindset of ego has become more and more channeled through identity. And as a result, these two start strengthening each other. So basically, you have some people that have constantly that active ego up and are constantly in this defensive mind state and strengthen it with identity and they go hand in hand. Of course, it's not always as simple. You can have people with strong identity without active ego and you can have people with, um, with an active ego without too much of a strong identity. But that's just my thoughts. I don't know if this is purely accurate, but I do think what you have is basically the subconscious emotions, right? That then get channeled through concepts that are more intellectual. Of course, some of what I say, there's studies and it's already known in neuroscience, but when it's about active ego and identity, this is how I would explain it. So if you say letting go the ego, you're talking about like not having as much of an active ego. But even if you don't have so much of an active ego or even identity, that doesn't mean that you cannot have warped concepts about doing selfish stuff. Selflessness is literally truly knowing what you are. And it's more an awareness thing. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.